0: Welcome, everybody, and welcome back to my second episode, my podcast episode of Alpha Mom Health Radio. I am here today with my friend and co-host, Paula Williams, and we are going to be discussing uh, fermented foods today. So welcome, Paula. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Katanya. Thanks for having me. I always look forward to your health radio episodes. This is so exciting. We're on to number two, and we've got so many things to talk about, but today we're going to focus on fermented foods and probiotics, and I know you have some great input and possibly some questions for me, so why don't I let you get started with some of the stuff you've come up with, Paula?
1: Yeah, thanks. Well, you know... (laughs) Uh, I love the, your timeliness of all this stuff. You are just so in touch with the pulse of what's happening in our society, which is what makes you such an integral um, piece to this puzzle-solving <laughs> situation about our health. And fermented <laughs> foods is most certainly one of those hot- topics right now. So I love that we came up with the idea to, to have this as our discussion today. And, you know, I've been integrating fermented foods into my diet a little bit more. I uh, travel a lot. So when I am overseas, um, particularly in Asia or whatnot, I have been in, introduced to fermented foods in uh, a, a very um, current way. Um, Come, uh, uh, What's The kimchi, kimchi Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite fermented foods, but that was kind of a tough one (laughs) to get started on. But, Uh, yeah, right? So so talk to me a little bit about um, the importance. uh, I mean, why? Why why are fermented foods so important for our bodies?
0: Well, Paula, so to get to the, the root of it all, really, is we need to go back to why probiotics and Basically, gut bugs, which are the intestinal um, microbiome, which is the living, you know, bugs that live in our stomachs and our, the entire lining of our intestines, which I know might sound kind of nasty and a little bit scary, but we have an entire microbiome or environment living in our intestinal tract of uh, bacteria, fungi, and some parasites. Um, and they all, in an ideal situation, live in symbiosis, which means they live together and they work together and they, they uh, control each other and they work together and they have to be in the right numbers. We do have some bad ones in there, but they are, need to be in there, but only in small numbers. And then the good guys need to sort of counterbalance the numbers of the bad guys. And everything ideally works together. And these gut bugs are absolutely essential to just about every function in, in our bodies. And it really wasn't until maybe 15 or 20 years ago that modern science sort of got on board with this whole idea and started doing a lot more research. Prior to that, we sort of felt, felt that, you know, the body needed to be sort of sterile um, the, in our intestines, our skin. We needed to, you know, all the antibacterial soaps and, and that we yeah.
1: could
0: easily use antibiotics and kill off, You know, everything in our gut as well as whatever was causing our illness, and we were fine, and our bodies were just sort of like these, you know, machines with pipes, right? Well, we have these bugs in there that really are, they've been with our bodies for hundreds of thousands of years as we've evolved, and we've really evolved with them, and we can't survive without them. So, um, So that's kind of the basis of it. We could go a little bit more into that, but I want to just, you know, hit on how important that microbiome, which is that the grouping or the environment of those bugs in our intestines, how essential that is to our health. Would you, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Do you have What do you think about that? Well, no, that? I just
1: think that that's really important. And as you were talking about the microbiome, and it's such an important foundation and, and right away when we think about, you know, the antibiotics and like these said the antibacterial soaps. I mean, we, as with so many things, we now realize the mistakes we made back then. So really understanding the importance of the microbiome in our bodies. um, is such a great platform. So I think you explained it terrifically. So talk a little bit about um, the fermentation process. Like what's going on for, um, you know, how does fermentation then assist the microbiome that we're living with? Yeah. So, okay. So
0: there's a number of ways to um, add to or to nourish that gut microbiome in in our small, in our intestines that we're talking about. And one of them is, of course, many of us are familiar with, you know, popping a capsule of probiotics that then ideally goes down into our intestines and um, they're able to live in there and colonize and do some of their good work that they do. However, really, one of the best ways to do that, which is to inoculate or colonize or help improve the numbers of those nice, healthy gut bugs in our stomachs and our intestines is to actually eat food that contains them. And so what the best food the, really one of the only foods that contains them is fermented foods and for fermentation as maybe the easiest way to understand it we most most of us think of fermentation in the making of alcohol, for example, um, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so you take juice, you know wine, you take grape juice, and you put it in a barrel or whatever. I don't know the exact process, but you let it sit for months and months, and that is fermented by yeast, and yeast creates um ethyl alcohol as a byproduct and then we we have our alcohol um there's other types of fermentation that contain bacteria the bacteria do so any any follow-ups on that before i get deeper into that
1: well (laughs) (laughs) my one follow-up is kind of funny because um you know we haven't really touched yet on some of the different types of foods but for me um, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, one of the things I love to drink is kombucha. And I'm still drinking store-bought kombucha. I haven't uh delved into making it my, myself. But one of the kombuchas that I really enjoy has an alcohol rating on it. And I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about that because it's a black label. And they say, warning, you know, this kombucha contains alcohol. When I see that, I say, well, yeah, it's fermented yeast. <laughs> right, right. Right? I mean, exactly. so what is that? <laughs> yeah,
0: so what happens with, uh, with kombucha, which is a fermented tea, is that the, there's actually two different fermentation processes going on to create kombucha. It contain, it, so one process is done by yeast, and yeast produces the alcohol and a carbon dioxide, which makes it bubbly. But there's also bacteria in the, in the SCOBY. So in the whole process of creating the kombucha, there's also bacteria. So one of them produces alcohol. And the other one produces acetic acid, which actually kind of is, is vinegar. So you get a little bit of alcohol, but then the alcohol gets fermented by the bacteria into acetic acid. So mm. the longer you leave it, the longer you leave the ferment, you actually start off in about six or seven days. You, you have some alcohol content. And then after that, you start getting the bacteria fermenting the alcohol into vinegar, which is really super cool. Mm. So. So, yeah, so the longer you leave it, it actually goes away from the alcohol content. However, it does it does contain a little bit of alcohol, and I don't know the exact, you know, ways that they cut back on the alcohol content, I, whether it's sugar level. I really don't know the deep ins and outs right. of exactly how to do that. I just know that there's these two processes going on, and they happen in, at different time frames to some extent. So you can, you know, lower the alcohol content by letting it go a little longer. If you go too long, then you have too much vinegar, and then you can basically use it as a vinegar on salad. Um, so <laughs> right. that's what's going on there is that is really cool. The, um, the SCOBY, which is a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, which is the the little cake that you see if you've ever seen
1: yeah. uh, kombucha
0: being made, that is yeah. yeast. And bacteria together, so that's why. What I was just Mm. saying that one of them makes acetic one of them makes yeah vinegar, acetic acid, and one of them makes alcohol. So that's why you're getting that. Now the byproduct and the reason why we're drinking and eating these foods is that the there's bacteria and they're healthy, living, live bacteria, healthy bacteria because of the process of fermentation. What it does is it eliminates the the pathogenic bacteria because of at the beginning with salt or um, sugar or whatever you're starting with. And then in the end, because of the pH balance, it becomes so pH so a low pH becomes acidic, and then it, it prohibits the growth of, of pathogenic bacteria so we're getting mm. healthy the proliferation of really healthy gut bugs in there, and then the other byproduct is that these, these, these microbes um, produce as additional uh, vitamins like B vitamins, um, and they also turn whatever you're fermenting into a more healthy food source. So, you know, they mm-hmm. help digest and pre-di- sort of pre-digest that food and make the nutrients more bioavailable to us. So there's all these amazing ah. things going on. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, right? you love that. Yeah. So let's talk about like veggies. So we talked about um, yeah. alcohol fermentation and then we talked about kombucha. Yeah. Probably the, the healthiest way. I mean, kombucha is very healthy. The only problem with kombucha is that it can have high sugar content. Mm-hmm. Which is why we love it. You know, it's sweet. and But you can look. One of the best products is probably the GT brand. I find it has the lowest yeah. um, lowest amount of sugar. You can find that in the store. And that's a great brand. I mean, I actually started my first homemade kombucha from a GT bottle, which oh, tells I was you. And
1: ask if you are making it yeah. own. Well, and of course, it shouldn't surprise you that you are. Well, that's fantastic. Right.
0: So the fact that I could start a, a homemade wow. kombucha. Um, you know, starter from a bottle of G T tells you that it's alive. It's really, it's really working. Yeah. So, but, so moving on, you can, we can also ferment food and um, vegetables is one of the biggest things fermented and, you know, comes from cultures thousands of years old and they're fermenting all sorts of veggies from all over the world. I mean, you probably, you were saying earlier about, about uh, kimchi. Tell me, tell me a little bit about kimchi. I don't know that I've actually ever tried kimchi.
1: So it's a fermented cabbage, um, mixture, mostly, mostly cabbage, and it tends to be quite spicy. I don't know if other fermented vegetables, um, are spicy, but, you know, one of the things that I like about both kimchi and kombucha is that, you know, when I'm in my busy day trying to do all the right things, but if I get a little bit of a craving or a run down, I mean, just a sip of kombucha or one, uh, piece of fermented cabbage it just is so satisfying and and energizing and you just can't uh dispute the fact that it absolutely alters the way I feel as I'm eating it so I mean I don't know that's again why I was excited about this topic today because I just have been exposed to it through the cultures I've traveled in I've never really learned that much about it so um but yeah it's just mostly a a cabbage I suppose they would do other ferment other vegetables with it but uh, this the Japanese way is just cabbage.
0: hmm Exactly. Yeah. So you know, all the uh, sauerkraut, for example, is from northern, uh, you know, northern Europe, and then they've got, you know, Russia has uh, something called a kvass, which is more of a drink made from, I believe, cabbage, but also beets. So it's a nice, beautiful red. Um, mm. But basically fermentation began, you know, they didn't start fermentation because they had all the science telling us that, you know, that it was good for your, our <laughs> stomach health. They right. started fermenta- fermenting out of necessity, you know, in the Neolithic basically nine, 10,000 years ago um, to preserve food. So because yeah. the byproducts of alcohol and acetic acid are wonderful preservatives. So it was to preserve fr- food through the winter and, you know, prior to refrigeration. So every culture has has preserved food, you know, and, and to this day have kept it in their in their cuisine, and you know more and more realizing how healthy it is. So it, it, every part of the world has different, you know, whether it's a fermented root or fermented vegetables or juices made from you know fermented juices, fermented milk, a lot of fermented milk and yogurts and cheeses. So um, so the process of fermentation of the veggies is, is very similar, and it's so simple to start. I have made my own fermented veggies. It's, it's tri- a little trickier just because when you end up with soggy vegetables, it's not very much fun. So right. it, take, it takes a little bit of technique, but it's actually very, very simple. And um, so, for example, sauerkraut. You put it in a bowl with – you chop it up. You put it in a bowl with salt. You squish it all together so all the juices come out. You put it in a a jar, and you make sure that the food is covered by its own liquid, and you have the salt in there. So the salt is what prevents the early stages of pathogenic bacteria to grow. But by the time the good bacteria start growing, they then produce their own lactic acid, which kills off the bacteria. So once you're past the first few days, you don't have a lot to worry about about the um, pathogenic bacteria. But after about seven days, you can start eating it, and you can let it go like that for two, three, four months or a year. It's I mean, it is really wow. crazy. Yeah, if you get it going, if you get it started the right way. But so what's happening is that these bacteria in the food that are naturally occurring on the food surface are starting to proliferate. They're growing and they're producing this acetic acid that preserves the food. So we are then mm-hmm. getting the the these bugs that we want to go into our digestive tract and they're in the perfect situation to bypass the um stomach acid in our in our stomach, and they colonize and go into our intestinal tract and are able to live in there. And they actually do a much better job of those things than a capsule from the store. And I was actually looking up some statistics, and I read that um, four ounces of sauerkraut is, gives you the equivalent of these beneficial bacteria that an entire bottle of probiotics gives you. Mm. Can
1: you believe well, that? You know, yeah, I, I can because, you know, again, I mean, in today's day and age, we don't really know what the truth about any of this stuff is that we're buying, which is why I'm so loving what you're doing. And when you very first in the beginning of this talk, when you brought up the probiotics, something that struck me was, you know, and the other side of that is we don't know what's in those capsules and how our body breaks them down and what the quality is. So eating true live fermented foods really probably is the best way to ensure that we're doing the best for our gut health, right? It is. And it's also a larger variety. So we want to get
0: as many different species. There's thousands of species of these gut bugs and we want to get a variety. So we don't want to just take a capsule that only has lactobacillus acidophilus and, you know, maybe a couple of strains. You don't want to just buy that and take out for the rest of your life because you're missing out on Right. Thousands of other species. So um, that's another way, another reason, and another way is that these foods contain you know 15 to 20 different species in just one bite of sauerkraut. And then if you eat different things like the the kimchi and the you know miso and fermented you know all the different ferments from all over the world, they're going to give you all the different the different bugs. You know, they're going to give you all that, that mm-hmm. variety. Right. So one of the easiest ways because of course I, I wanna get, you know, I wanna get families eating this stuff and I wanna get kids eating this stuff and fermented food, come on, let's face it. Most <laughs> people I mean, you know what prompted me actually to write my, my latest post and do this this interview was that one of I told one of my patients some mentioned something about fermented foods and she just scrunched up her nose and said, What well, you eat fermented food? And I
1: said, Oh right. my goodness,
0: I need to write you I need to write a blog post for you. So Um, so I wanted to do this to to kind of help families and get kids um, eating them so the number one easiest way to start for kids is pickles now that there's a huge caveat you cannot get pickles off the shelf and but you cannot just go to the refrigerated section either because what we're looking for you can't get pickles that are pickled in brine and vinegar so, see, what happened is until we figured out this whole process of preserving food and we had vinegar and we had refrigeration, we had brine, um, obviously it was all fermented and it turned into the vinegar. But these days they just take mm. the vegetable and they pickle it in, in pickle juice and vinegar and brine, you know, that kind of thing. So that is not fermented. And they're also heated and pasteurized. So it's killing everything. So
1: wow. what you
0: have to do is you have to go to the fermenti- or the refrigerated section and you probably have to go to a store like Whole Foods or Rayleighs, or, you know, probably, I don't know, Safeway might start having this kind of stuff. But what you have to look for is it'll say somewhere on the bottle that either you're looking for raw, W-A-R-A-W, raw. You want to look for fermented. You want to look for anything that says probiotic or probiotic rich or a probiotic food. Um, those are the, the three primary things you want to look for on there. If it says raw, that means it's never heated. If it says fermented, of course, that's what we're talking about. And if it says there's probiotics in there, then it's probably done in a fermented manner. So go to the refrigerated section, find the pickles that are raw and fermented, and that is the absolute easiest way. They're not even weird or different. They're just pickles. So getting kids to eat those is, yeah, is a fabulous way. Well,
1: and it's interesting because, you know, my experience with fermented foods as a child um involves a sauerkraut story. And sauerkraut's one of the first things that you talked about and, and you talked a little bit about how it is fermented in a salt way. And uh my dad had an idea, I don't I was like eight years old and he was going to make homemade sauerkraut and it was a huge production and when it was all said and done and I don't know how long, how many days or weeks or whatever it. It fermented for, but when it was uh, said and done, and they put it out for uh, for us to eat, this salt was just—it was intense. It was just <laughs> totally intense. And the poor guy, you know, he worked so hard at creating this really super healthy special thing for us, and then the end, he's like, "Oh, kids, no, you don't have to eat this." <laughs> oh no! Um, it sounds, yeah. sounds like he used, probably used a little too much salt. <laughs> Way too much salt. But you know, that was his. Effort to help expose us to something in the fermented way. I mean, when you think back to how many years ago that was, I can really appreciate um, his efforts as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, but maybe maybe he should have just gone to the refrigerated pickles section. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's but, probably the, it's. I mean, definitely the easiest way to start off. I would not encourage people to go home and I mean, unless they're really adventurous and they really want to. But yeah. my, I would encourage you go to. You know a good store, and you you try out the 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 sauerkrauts there's so many different flavors and different things they add to them you know they do it with ginger and they can do it with um sea vegetables and they do beets and they do carrots i mean there's you know hundreds of different vegetables you can do, and you find one that your that your kids will eat um and then when you get adventuresome, then you go ahead and you can try to make it yourself but that's that's the best way to start out and you also don't need much at all. Like a fork full of sauerkraut is all you need. Right. So mm-hmm. and you also want to go fairly slowly when you start as well because, you know, these little gut bugs, you get too many in them, of them in there too suddenly, you will actually oh. get some symptoms of gas and bloating because they, they're alive. They're in there and they're eating and they're fermenting and they're creating their own gases in your stomach. So that can be a problem. So you want to watch that especially if yeah. you're sensitive or already okay. have gas, gastro- or gastro- bloating or IBS. So if you do have one of those issues, you want to go very, very slowly. But the you know, long-term goal is to get fermented foods into your diet, especially if you mm. have gut issues but you want to do it really carefully. So literally like mm. one little strip of it, like with each meal or, or once a day or something like that. So start really slow. and And that's a great way also to get your kids to, you know, you introduce it with meals. Um, on yep. the side, you know, you might be having a bratwurst or a hamburger or a vegetable dish and, and, you know, it's great with like a stir fry. You just put it off to the side, like a little condiment and mm-hmm. have them have a little bite and try which types they like. And, um, you know, if you can get those into every meal, that's ideal. But if you, if you start off getting them in once, you know, once a day, you're, you're golden.
1: Nice. Yeah, no, that's that's so simple. Um, I, It's just really, it makes so much sense, and it's nice to know that you don't just have to jump in with both feet, you know. It's nice to know that we can ease ourselves into something, and we really are doing something terrific for our health. I love it so much.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, so for traveling or for um, situations where, you know, you, you simply can't get fermented foods, the, the capsules certainly are useful and beneficial, mm. and, you know, you sure. can – but they're, again, they're a supplement, right? They're, they're a pill that we take in addition to an ideal – you know, ideally a really healthy diet. And so trying to have this be the basis of our diet and getting these things from food, you know, it can be really fun. You go I – mean, I love it. I, in fact, I have a video on my, on my website, kataniakaylor.com. Go to the um, – I believe it's in with my blog post. And I have a video tour of Whole Foods and going through the fermented food section as well as the kefir and the yogurt section. And I show, oh. yeah, I show different name brands and all that kind of stuff. So that can be kind of helpful. And it's just so fun because there are so many different brands and so many <laughs> different flavors and so many different colors. And it's super exciting. Yeah. I mean, if you have a little bit of an adventurous, adventurous eater in one of your children, which my, one of them is and one of them isn't as much – Um, bringing home a new, a new fermented food and having him try it is just so exciting. It's so much fun. So, yeah,
1: exactly. And and making it as fun as we can is really, you know, the best way to go about it. And you just are simplifying for all of us so, um, so much. I'm really appreciating all of your insights. And I'm going to go check out that video on your blog. That's great.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That'll be, that'll be really helpful. It's very practical. So check that out.
0: And totally. I think that we'll wrap this up because we want to keep it, you know, easy and simple to listen to. And I want you guys all I to go it. out and try some fermented food. It helps your digestion. It's going to help your long term health, and it's going to give you that little boost like Paula was talking about. Because it probably probably the B vitamins in there. There's all sorts of reasons why it can give you that little boost. But get mm-hmm. those foods in there. They're so important. So yeah, thank, thank you, you, Paula, for being with yeah. me today. That was Thanks wonderful. For and time, yeah. We'll do this again in a couple of weeks. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Alpha Mom Wellness Radio. All right, Paula, talk to you soon. Bye.